It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. WEEI. Radio WEEI, Boston Sports Original. It's Arkan. It's Kyrie taking you up until 6. We got some news here with the uh, with the Patriots that we tabled for the time being because we had a lot of Red Sox to talk about as well as the Celtics and, of course, our big Bruins minute there. Uh, but the Patriots, first of all, had their injury report come out. There's a name on it that I did not like seeing. And yep. also, uh, Bill O'Brien spoke at a press conference today, and he said that he hasn't spoken to anybody in New England since probably last April. That that kind of that lines up with uh, Bill Belichick saying more or less the same thing. That he hasn't talked to Bill O'Brien in quite a while. So I don't take take from that what you will. That doesn't mean, and I mean, if you think about it, right? Hasn't talked to anybody, uh, you know, in New England since about April. Well, he says he hasn't spoken to anybody in New England. Yeah, Bill so, may have been on you know somewhere else at the time. Yeah, <laughs> may not have been know. in New England at the time. Right, exactly. Might have been or, in Costa Rica or something. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, he's not in New England. But I think my you know, my, my point there being that, yeah, maybe just because they haven't talked doesn't mean that this isn't going to happen. And if you think about that, right, you went, you know, talking to them last in April around the draft or like before the draft, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you liking it down there in Alabama? Got any plans for uh, what happens after that? Got any plans on returning to the NFL? Just a little feeler out call. Yeah. So, I think it's something worth monitoring. I Bill mean, O'Brien and uh, Bill Belichick have enough connections that they don't actually have to talk to each other. No, no, to, no. to make this thing a thing, you know, like that doesn't need to. They don't have to have a direct conversation. So O'Brien saying I haven't spoke to anyone in New England since April, I think is just him trying to make sure he doesn't get you know some tampering charge or something like that. Because obviously, there's been if if Tommy Curran's out there reporting that behind the scenes the Patriots consider it nearly a done deal then uh, someone spoke to somebody. I don't think this is all just done by telekinesis. Um, at any rate, uh, O'Brien, you know, they got, uh, they got. what does Alabama have coming up? What are they? They're not in the playoff. But, they got the Sugar Bowl. Sugar they Bowl. Got the, they got right. the Sugar Bowl coming up. It looks like O'Brien is going to coach that. That mm-hmm. was something that he that he discussed. And, I mean, that was the plan all along, it sounded like. Okay. My understanding when I read up on this was that the, his contract technically is up in February, like at the at the end of February. Now, if he is going to be hired as the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, that means most likely that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick have to work out something before that. Because you think about when the hiring cycles really get going, yeah. right? It, it, it happens, you know, right? So, so I mean, you, you really start getting the interviews going and all of that happening um, you know, right after the season ends, right? You get Black, you know, Black Monday happens and then, Everybody gets fired. You kind of get a good idea of, you know, what jobs are available, which ones aren't. And then obviously there are going to be some interviews that don't get done because of, you know, coordinators that are in the playoffs, right? And maybe teams, you know, aren't doing that or, you know, they're like, okay, let me finish the playoffs first. So it's going to be all around that time. But by the end of February, you you would think that most of those jobs are going to be just about figured out. Yeah, you would think so. Um, This makes me wonder. If uh, the way they're setting it up, you bring in Bill O'Brien to be your offensive coordinator, you don't have to fire anybody. You don't have to fire Matt Patricia. You don't have to even demote him. 
he's not the offensive coordinator. He can still be the offensive line coach and collaborate on the play calls with O'Brien. You don't have to do anything to him. You don't have to do anything to Joe Judge either. Those guys can stay in the roles that they're in right now. Bill O'Brien can come in and be the offensive coordinator, and no one has to say like it was a reflection of anybody's poor performance this year, which Kyrie pisses me off. Yeah, I don't like that. You should be able to say, hey, we're making this change because this didn't work, and if Bill doesn't want to you know, shoulder the blame for it, if he wants to sort of pass it off onto these guys who he put in this position, by who, the way. Who, who was that? I think it was Charlie Weiss went on, on the Greg Hill show and was like, Oh, yeah, like if Bill's kids were terrible, like he'd fire them. You can't even fire Matt Patricia. We're going to fire his kids. Yeah. Like, come on. I don't believe that at all. Now, at, at the same time, I feel like I would also still hate that if Matt Patricia is your offensive line coach. What, is, what has the offensive line done under his guidance that is, suggests that he should be coaching that unit? To, to me, anyway. And, and I mean, you could also say that about Billy Yates, but, but I, I feel like. Again, that's a dude who actually he played the position, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he played the position for the Patriots. I thought he was going to have more of a role as kind of the de facto offensive line coach this year, and apparently it didn't really end up that way, or Billy Yates is, like, up in the booth most of the time. I, I never understood why they tried to to go that route. T- to me, I, I would – if you're going to keep Matt Patricia having be your senior football advisor, I don't want him on the field. I don't want him talking to the position groups. I don't want none of that. Put him in the booth. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, the injury report came out for uh, practice today. And there were some names on it that we've seen and guys who were out last week. Yeah, like, for example, like Jack Jones, I think he might be done. I think that's it. Think they're going to shut him down? I, I mean, they're essentially, I feel like they're kind of doing it right now. Mm. I mean, at this point, if he's not ready to go, might as well. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Mills, once again, uh, he missed the last two weeks, I want to say. Or three. Three. I missed the last three three weeks, weeks. and uh, he was absent from practice again. And so was Marcus Jones, my favorite Patriot, maybe the best Patriot, (laughs) Marcus Jones, um, who on that fumble recovery took a shot to the head and is on the list with a concussion, which uh, breaks my heart to see that, not because, you know, any other more special than any other player, but just when you see concussion, you know that means at least probably a week. And uh, seeing how dynamic he is really on everything he does, all phases of the game, he's a dynamic player. Special teams, defense, it doesn't matter. Uh, You get the ball in his hands and good things tend to happen. There's not a lot of guys like that on the Patriots right now. Um, and I think losing him or potentially not having him on uh, on Sunday, even against Teddy Bridgewater, is a is a devastating blow for this team. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you think about it, right? Who's guarding these guys now? Right, Sean Wade couldn't even handle Trenton Irwin. He was on the he was on the field for one play and they scored a touchdown. On yes, him. exactly. They, they targeted <laughs> him and he couldn't even keep his feet long enough to cover. the I pass. forgot Sean Wade was on the team. Yeah. Like that was that his first play he ever played. Like I remember no, when they when they traded for him. In. I didn't even I I hardly ever see him on he, the field. He's, he's gotten snaps. Yeah, you you don't see him because he's not good. Right. Um. But I think with 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 that, I feel like the other thing that interests me with Marcus Jones is he's down on the field for a long time. After that, he comes in on offense after that and gets that fifteen yard play that that gets them down there by the end zone, right before that ill fated fumble. And then he's back there for a punt return, which he muffs. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of wondering to yourself, is that another that another head injury that didn't get diagnosed Good when point. it should have? Was he was he right enough to go back in that game? Yeah. Um that was a that was like a corner punt, right? Yeah. And he was sort of running it, towards it the sideline. It would have yeah, been, yeah. been a tough catch anyway. Yeah. It would have been a tough return for him. But I don't know. It's just just things like that make you wonder now. Was he right? Yeah. It's a, it's a fair question. Um, 
I, I hate to see that. I hate to see a rookie go down with an injury, especially a really promising one like that. Um, but really for the team, for this Patriots team. He's been a top five Patriots player probably this season. He's been so important. I know they haven't won a lot of these games, but the reason why they're in it half the time is because of him. The reason why they're on the scoreboard half the time is because of him. Like that, he's maybe their best offensive player, defensive player, and special teams player <laughs> in terms of like yards per play, like and per I, snap, big plays. Like he's right up there. And it's like he's he's not the best defensive player, but you think about some of the matchups this dude has had over yeah. the past couple of weeks. They have him running with Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. The dude's a five eight rookie, and and you know he's out there taking T Higgins and Jamar Chase running with those guys. I mean, even just no, those being, guys kind of smoked him in the first half. Well, yeah, well, because, <laughs> because he's five, eight. He Higgins comes up to their like, hips. Yeah. yeah. And he's like six, three. It's like, what are you going to do about that? But, but even so, I, I feel like he's gotten beat. Yeah. It's not all been perfect, but when you take it all into account, he's easily been one of the best players on the team. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you there. I, I know it's just one day of practice, but you see concussion. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to envision that that's going to lead to him. Uh, playing this weekend, and I think that's a big, big blow for this team. Um, not as big of a blow as Tua Tagovailoa not being able to go for the Miami Dolphins, though, and it seems like that's probably the case as well. Um, Mike McDaniel this morning confirmed that Tua did suffer a concussion. He uh, he spoke about it in a tone that would suggest that he takes it very seriously, but I think the actions of this team, and I know Orlovsky said don't blame the team too much, but it's hard not to. I mean, this is a guy that should have gotten some extra attention, and it seems like he didn't get it. Here's Mike McDaniel from this morning. Oh, do we have that? Okay, sorry if we don't have it. My bad. I didn't. Uh, I didn't warn him back there. Um, there was a. Uh, there was a quote. Actually, we don't have the audio of this quote, but he did say that Tua needs to worry about the day that he's yeah. in right now. Yeah, and just, uh, <laughs> that I, I remember reading that and just thinking, oh man, like this. This isn't a football thing anymore. This is like the guy's life. You know. Yeah, I this mean, is, this, uh, this is your this is your career. Yeah. And we and we asked Dan Orlovsky about this, and he said that. Yeah, he needs to start thinking about his career right now and what his life is going to look like. Because, I mean, at, at this point, when, when you're talking about you got to just think about the day that you're in and get through each day, that's scary. Yeah. Because, because you, you literally got – you have to focus. When you, when you have a concussion, when you're out of it like that – I mean, I've had a couple. You have to focus so hard. Mm. Sometimes just just to be present for for every every moment that's happening. Yeah, you're trying to remember what happened to you. You're trying you're trying to just like focus on remembering the names of people that that are coming up to you and talking because it's all a test. Yeah, right. They're, they're all trying to make sure that you are cognitively there and you don't need to go to the hospital or something. I mean, I've I've had it where I've like woke up on a stretcher. Mm. Right, and, and I mean it's 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 scary stuff. And for that to happen three times in a year to him in in such quick succession. Yeah. I feel like you've got to have that. You've got to have that discussion about how long you're going to play. I don't think he's not going to have a 10 year career in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to ever play again, honestly, with the way uh, these he, things are going. I, I feel like he probably will, but he's not long for the league. Um, one time, I used to work at the station in New Hampshire. It doesn't exist anymore, but I worked at the station up in New Hampshire, and I lived in Watertown. And I was driving through Waltham to get to the highway, and I was stopped at a red light, and this guy in a 90 something Buick Lesabre just barrels into me. About 30 miles an hour while I was stopped at the red light. That's the worst, by the way, because you're like a sitting duck. There's nothing you can do. There's yeah, no, no way you can get nope, away from it. Nope, you're you're just sitting there and boom, someone hits you. Uh, I hit my head, hit the headrest, right? But uh, when the ambulance and the police and everybody came over, they're like, do you need medical attention? I was like, nah, neck's okay, back's okay. I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, I got a rental car, and I said I can still make my show, and I'm driving. And while I'm driving, I realized 
I have the radio on, but I can't hear it. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, geez, <laughs> this is something's wrong here. I did the whole show, and then I went to the hospital after the show, and the guy was like, all right, doing the concussion test. And he's like, you have a concussion. And I was like, oh, he's like, when did this happen? I was like, this morning. He goes, what'd you do today? I said, I did a radio show. He goes, did anyone notice? I said, I guess not. <laughs> I guess me concussed doing a radio show wasn't that different from my normal uh, from my normal show. Oh boy! Wow. Yeah, you don't got to do that to yourself, RK. I'm just telling Man. you what the people said. I'm dead. You know, I don't remember what I said that day. I have no idea. <laughs> it's like con- concussed Arcan, no different than the regular one. Yeah, I mean, basically the same thing. So uh, you you make the you you make the judgment call on what that means for my normal show. <laughs> but uh, wow, that was uh, wow. This was you're really, you're really going in on yourself right now. This was like 2014, not, uh, 2015, maybe. I okay. want to say so. Yeah. Want to give away a pair of tickets to the Celtics? <laughs> I've gotten better since then. Yeah. I think. I think my brain's my brain's healed since then a you little know, bit. I I had one um, kind of a similar situation actually. Really? Got hit over by a Beth Israel Hospital. Ooh. Wife is pregnant in the car. Oh Jesus! And we get taken out by some dude who like apparently is like diabetic or something and like hadn't taken his meds. Mm. He just blows a stoplight and runs into us. And yeah, like kind of same thing. Uh, you know, I had seatbelt on and everything, but you know, head like you know, I gotta hit the hit the windshield because because he came in from the side, so my head went sideways. So so I, or, or I hit, head hit the window, and so I you know my eye was all red because I had like some some of the like fluid or whatever like from the airbag or whatever like come up and get me in the eye, so my eye was red for a week. Jeez. And you know I had I had to sit there. You know my wife was fine, thank goodness. Baby was fine. And everything, but they were like, "Okay, you got a problem though, because you ain't acting right." And so they diagnosed me with a concussion in the hospital. There you that's go. Like, that's like my fourth one. Good gracious. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's tough. It's not. I mean, I know I was joking about it, but it's really not funny, um, especially when you're, you know, an athlete and you have a bunch of them in a row like this, and uh, you know, that's your job basically is to go out there and like, go out there and risk concussion, hit people, every time you play. and yeah. get hit. I mean, that's that's what playing football is all about. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. We'll uh, take a quick break. We'll get to your phone calls. Perception is reality, you know, and and I don't know Mac, um, but you can't constantly have plays that look a certain way and think that people are not going to start to um, form an opinion on what type of person and or player you are in those moments. Um, I like that Mac lives on the edge. He has to to be successful. He has to be one of those ultra competitive guys. Um, I can't judge his character and I can't judge his intent, but I can tell you that, you know, you have to be aware of what, how some things look. With the George Santos open right now? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's Eddie Guerrero. Oh, this is Eddie Guerrero? Yeah, he's getting that Eddie Guerrero uh, treatment, I guess. Okay. Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace, rest in power. One of Great. the best to do it. The frog splash, yeah. Uh, I, I, make, I make my son do the frog splash uh, on me. He's eight months old. Put him up on top of the couch, up on the turnbuckle. Big frog splash, boom. Crowd pleaser every time. Yes. Crowd loves it. Um, there's uh, That was uh, Dan Orlovsky, who you heard on these airwaves earlier today, as we asked him about Mac Jones and the hit, and is it a dirty hit, and does uh, Mac deserve the reputation that he's starting to get? And Orlovsky, who defends Mac at pretty much every single turn all the time, even he was like, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know the guy's character. I don't know what's in his heart. But uh, <laughs> if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck, you know? <laughs> like that's, that's sort of where we're at with Mac right now. And I don't know. I mean, he has bigger problems, I think, than whether or not he's a dirty player around the league. I think that's something that may come back to bite him maybe later on down the road. But I feel like a lot's being made out of this, and it's just 
it's important, I guess, on some level, but not really for this season and not really for this team. It's important for Mac maybe as a young player to work on it and not do stuff like this, but it's not like it's really hurt them. That didn't hurt them in the game. That didn't do it. Didn't, uh, you know, like he, he has to pay $12,000, but nothing happened to the team because of that. No, and and I think there was also that other play, right, where he collects the, uh, you know, the, the unnecessary roughness or whatever, right. personal foul penalty for you know, kind of playing after the whistle. He said he the, thought the ball was loose. Uh, you know, after it was recovered from the Ramondre Stevenson fumble, and then he said he saw it and he was going for it again, trying to save the game. I feel like that's that's something where he gets in these situations at times where you know there's a loose ball or there's a turnover or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and it's almost like this desperation kicks in, where his uh, his first thought is, is immediately to just play. I've got to do this. You know, and you'll see it sometimes where he'll, he'll throw himself onto the back of a pile to move it forward, or he'll he'll like even in practice he'll get in somebody he'll get in somebody's face or like try and snatch the ball away. Like that he you talked about living on the edge. And here's the thing with Mac Jones, and I and I praised him, quote unquote, or at least like spoke about it as a, as a as a positive in regards to him talking about the coaches and the way mm-hmm. that he acts on the sidelines sometimes. This is what he is. He is he, he's a guy who's extremely fiery, and, and that can be good. That's why he's here in the league. I mean, him having that ultra-competitive spirit and him being a perfectionist and him always wanting you know to, to do more, do the next thing to help his team. Yeah. But to me, that's got to have limits. You, you can't lose your head. And I feel like on that play where he's running down there and he just does, and again, it's illegal. It's an illegal play. Mm-hmm. You are not allowed to. Ross Tucker talked about it. You, you cannot do that play. It's flaggable. They should have flagged him. But the other thing is, like, you are a defensive player in that situation. Who does that? Right. Who does that? The answer is nobody. So Warren to- Sapp on that guy back in the day. Remember when he, uh, when he clubbed that guy uh, <laughs> on, like, an interception? Remember that? It was he, I think he got... Uh, Whoever it was against the Packers, I remember, and Warren Sapp just absolutely destroyed somebody. Uh, really, just took him out. It wasn't like what Mac Jones is doing, but like or, that's the last time about, that sort of thing was really even acceptable. Or you even, yeah, or you even think about Mike Pennell earlier this year, the yeah. Chicago Bears drilling David Andrews on mm-hmm. the blindside block. Yeah, right, like that. That kind of play, that's dirty. That's fl- he got flagged and he got suspended and, and all that stuff. But Mac Jones doing that kind of play, what, what's the big difference? If we're gonna be honest. Yeah. Right. Say say he does that and Eli Apple blows out his knee and he's done for the year. Right. That could have happened. Yeah, it could have. And that would have been a big blow for that secondary, too. Um, and that's a team with real playoff, you know, Super Bowl aspirations. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to minimize it because I right, do yeah. think that it was a uh, it was a bad play. It was a dirty play. But I also don't think it was like the worst thing I've ever said. You know, like it was. A, no, it was kind of a cheap little play and yeah. it, it, no one got hurt and it's over. And that's the other thing is that's like the thing with all of those plays that he's done, though. They're not the worst thing in the world, but they're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah, and if someone does get hurt from one of them, and I know Burns did, right? Burns technically missed that next game. Yeah, he didn't did. He? he missed the next game with an ankle injury from that Gator twist. So that's what you sort of think about. Like these injuries, a lot of time in hockey, it's like this too. They don't really come down any that hard unless the guy gets hurt. You know, if the guy's yeah. injured, if the guy gets knocked out, or if you know uh, uh, Brandon Carlo gets concussed or something, then Tom Wilson's going to get suspended. But if he didn't, you know, if it was just a bad hit then they'll call it a bad hit. Maybe there's a little bit of a fine. They don't really... And I wonder if that's the right way to police these games, you know? Like, should the should the penalty be that hinged on what happens to the guy if he gets hurt or not, if the intent is still bad? You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't yeah, that be what they penalize? I mean, I guess that's the interesting thing, because I feel like, to, to me, it, it shouldn't be 
flagged worse because you get hurt. If it's a bad play, it's a bad play. Right. And and to me, you just flag it, right? And and if somebody gets hurt as a result of what you did, then and 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 it's a bad play, then I think that maybe you need to also view you know fining or suspending after the fact. But but again, it's like I, I don't know that it's always one of those deals where like, oh, somebody got hurt because of something that you did, like mm-hmm. you should get flagged for that. Because Again, you got it. You got to think about: was it within the rules? Yeah. Right? Was it was it a clean hit? You get if you hurt somebody on a clean hit, it happens all the time. Okay, and and you can't just flag. You can't just start flagging people because somebody got hurt. Right. But in Max case, I mean, they weren't they weren't focusing on it. For all they knew, maybe Mac tripped and fell and took him out. Yeah. But uh, when you for, look at it after the fact, you got to see that wasn't the case. I think the problem, too, is that Apple wasn't close to the return. Like, if Apple was the returner and that tackle was made, maybe it would minimize it. Right. But the fact was, like, he was He, he was like close five, to the guy chasing the he, guy yeah, who was he was, he, was, ball, he yeah. was trailing the play, and he was, I guess, within five, six yards, but he's not catching a dude who runs a 4-2. Like, he's not doing anything on that play. Right. Um, yeah. So there you go. That that was Orlovsky's yeah. take on it. I know Mac talked today and uh, defended himself even more than he did with us uh, the other day uh, with uh, myself and Don Darrow on Monday, which is where he made the big statement about, ah, this is all I was trying to do, um, just trying to make sure he didn't catch up to Tyquan Thornton, which, again, when you put it that way, it's like you're not catching Tyquan Thornton anyway. Um, Bill Belichick spoke this morning, and uh, despite two attack of Iloa probably not playing, Bill doesn't really think it's that different. We've been in that situation before. You, you can't go into a game with two different offenses. It's impossible. So, one's right hand and one's left handed. I mean, that definitely affects some things right there. But that's we could be looking at a different quarterback, just like we're in Arizona, you know, in the first series of the game. And so you have to be ready for you know who you expect to play, but that could change. And certainly, it's changed for us. We've had players that have gone out in the first series and had to you know play with different players, and they've had to defend different players, and they were expecting to defend on the other side of the ball. So. And that's football. That's football indeed. Uh, no real difference. One's right-handed, one's left-handed. They're both quarterbacks. What do you want from me, Bill basically says. Uh, I think we know that this team, this Dolphins team, is better when two is the quarterback and he's not concussed, obviously, than when Teddy Bridgewater's out there. Uh, the two games that Bridgewater played, they got beat. So, I don't know. I remember I remember thinking, oh, any quarterback can run this offense. Look at these wide receivers. Just get it in their hands. That's all you have to do. Not so much. And I do think the Patriots' defense, while – they do get exposed sometimes. I'm not sure Teddy Bridgewater is going to expose them the way that Joe Burrow did in that first half. And by the way, in the second half, the defense really clamped down. They've played pretty well against uh, against Miami, the defense. You know what? I got I got to say, just generally over these past couple of weeks, and I mean, maybe the Buffalo game was a little bit less competitive than than it looked because they were just running the football, uh, you know, and they weren't trying to throw it all over the place, but. These these deep these offensives that were supposed to shred them up a little mm. bit over the past couple of weeks, they played them better than I think a lot of us expected. Yes, yeah, some of that is going to involve the uh, you know the Colt McCoy game instead of playing Kyler Murray. But again, you, the 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 Raiders game they didn't lose because of the defense. It, it, I I don't I don't think they lost because of the defense in that one, and they didn't necessarily lose this last game because of because of the defense either. Yeah, they gave up you know twenty two points. But then they they pitched a shutout in the second half. They did. Offense got to be better. It was a little bit of a questionable shutout, wasn't it? I mean, there was a couple of plays there that should have connected. I know that. Um, yeah, yeah. Burrow er, er, dropped Irwin, him right off Chase's uh, Chase's shoulder pad. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, 
Chase dropped that, and Irwin had what should have been another touchdown right. off his fingertips. So, so yeah, those are those are absolutely plays that that you know bear mentioning. But they weren't made, and they stepped up with big plays when they needed to. Like that Matthew Judon play. I know we've been getting on him a little bit. The Judon strip sack, or it yeah, wasn't yeah, a sack, yeah, but yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the Judon you know fumble, forced fumble. We've been getting on him a little bit for not getting you know to the quarterback quite as much as people want. But that's a huge play. That was that, a tremendous. That is play. that's a, that's an all pro play. Yeah, from from an all pro player. So and that's go. the type of play that you know if if Ramondre Stevenson hadn't coughed it up you know right afterwards we'd still be talking about today like wow Judon's really he's really ascended this year and he still has I think he obviously has he yeah. didn't fall off the face of the earth like he did last season in the second half he's still been good and he's still out there making plays so automatically it's better but I think that if if he had stripped them and they'd come back and won that game. That strip sack, that'd be like a whole chapter on the DVD. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if they, I mean, if I mean, they win the championship, that'd be like a big thing. Judon strip sack, they'd write stories about it. You know, it, it, it's going to be the Marcus Jones pick six. Yeah, and then it's going to be the 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 wild hail mary, and then it's going to be that 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 forced fumble right there because that excellence. Yeah, it is. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number if you'd like to uh, chime in on all of this. Uh, the Dolphins. You know they're a, they're a team that's going to be trotting out a backup quarterback. I think that that's good news for the Patriots, obviously because they do so well against backup quarterbacks like Trubisky, like Brissett, like uh, Zach Wilson, who was the starter at the time, but we all know is a uh, backup at best. Ellinger, McCoy, um, they're getting another one uh, this Sunday. It looks like the only difference is those were also pretty bad teams. You know, Trubisky's Steelers and Brissett's Browns and the the Jets, I guess, were good for part of the year. But uh, Ellinger and McCoy and these other two, Arizona's been bad this year. The Colts are never really in it this year. This is a Dolphins team that's desperate. Uh, you know, desperate to sort of get out of this this uh, slump that they're in, and, and they still have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Still have a very loaded, and offense. especially with the secondary being banged up, no Marcus oh. Jones, no Jack Jones. Like I think that's a problem if you got Miles Bryant going against Tyreek. Miles Bryant and Sean Wade. Trying to guard those guys? I mean, Sean <laughs> Wade looked great on uh, Saturday. Yikes! You better, one you better one. hope. You better hope that Marcus Jones clears concussion protocol. Sean Wade was say. like the anti Kendrick Bourne. You know how Kendrick Bourne goes out for like one snap and scores a touchdown. That was like Sean Wade was the anti Kendrick Bourne. He's Ken- out for one snap and he gets scored. Kendrick on. Bourne giveth and Sean <laughs> Wade taketh away. Yeah, really. Um. So yeah, there's uh there's all that. The uh the Dolphins did address this whole situation with Tua. Um, head coach Mike McDaniel came out confirmed that Tua did suffer a concussion. Announced Teddy Bridgewater as the starter, and uh, that's where we stand. Right right now the Patriots still alive and when I look at uh and I, I look at their their chances of of going forward here I know that the odds are long I know that it's very likely they're going to end up not being a playoff team again this year but at the very least you can say there's some flawed teams out there that I thought were a lot better than they really were I thought the Dolphins were better than this I thought that uh, some others. I thought the Titans were better than this. I thought that there was uh, some real. The Chargers were going to be better than they are. I know they're, they just clinched the playoff spot, but they've been shaky this year. I think that the Patriots, as flawed as they are, are in the mix with a lot of other very flawed teams in the AFC that are down there around the seven spot and the in the wild card spot. There, I think there's less maybe uh, separation than maybe I thought at the beginning of the year. You know, it's interesting because you know you, we were thinking about the. AFC West as being the bloodbath division. Yeah. And in the end, that that just did not shake out. Nope. Broncos are horrible. The Raiders are not good either. And Somehow I mean, still alive in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, like With the, Stidham. <laughs> well, yes. And and part of it is because 
you know, a couple of teams gave them games, right? Right, with it that they did not deserve, and obviously they fumbled their, you know, share, right? But you know, and obviously that Patriots game because you know a not so good team just handed them the game, and and they and they obliged. Now, I, I did. I will take. I will say this: that a lot of people thought that KC was going to fall off just because they lost Tyreek Hill. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, no, they've got Patrick Mahomes. That ended up being a good prediction, and I did. Pre- I did predict the Chargers were going to be in the playoffs. I, I will. I will accept those flowers. <laughs> Thank you very much. But the the AFC East ended up being a little bit more of what we all thought the AFC West was going to be. Yeah, and then obviously the AFC North. You're going to have two playoff teams out of that division. So it, it was a little bit more, I guess, spread the wealth than, than I expected. And it really just goes to show you that just because something looks a certain way on paper doesn't mean it's always going to end up that way unless you're talking about Matt Patricia on paper as an offensive coordinator. No, yes. that's exactly what we thought it was. That one was easy to predict. Everyone was right about that one, except for Bill Belichick. It's rare that you hear that. Usually Bill goes against the grain and everyone else looks stupid. This time, everyone else looked really smart and Bill kind of looked stupid with that. Uh, also, things can change from you know the midway point of the season till now, too. Like There was a time where it seemed like the Patriots were destined for the basement and that they were going to be the, uh, the team at the bottom of that division. And you know, with the way that Miami was playing and Buffalo was playing and the talent that I thought the Jets had, uh, and they still do have, but I mean, it's guys who were hurt and a lot of first and second year players. I thought that it was going to be a long stretch of time for the Patriots before they got back to even being a fringe playoff team. Right now, they're a fringe playoff team, and that's I hate to say it, but for my expectations to step up from what they were, I still think it's going to be uh, problematic for the crafts and for, you know, everybody else. But right now I think that uh, it does go to show that as flawed as they are, you look around the league, there's still a lot of flawed teams uh, yes. that are all that are all right there uh, nipping at that same uh, wild card spot. Does it make it worse, though? Because you just take away a couple of games, you have a competent offense, you're like head and shoulders in that like fifth wild card spot or even challenging for the division. Yeah. I mean, it does, but also if the Jets had not played Zach Wilson in those two games, you might be in the lottery right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's that, and, too. And I mean, hey, you know, yeah. depending on what happens, you might still be in there. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think The what, Patriots are like two plays away from being 9-6 and uh, six right now, right? Like, they're two yeah, plays yeah, they're, away from being 9-6. and six. They're, they're two plays away two from Two Ramondre being, Stevenson plays yeah, yeah, they, away from being 9-6. They're, and they're six, two yeah. Ramondre Stevensons from being 9-6, and six, <laughs> though I, I would say they're also like a couple of you know, backup slash bad quarterbacks away from being, what, 6-9. and nine. Sure. So, I mean, I, I think that the interesting thing about that question, right, like isn't it almost worse for, for them to be where they are given all these fringe teams? In the end, you got to ask yourself, what, what does it change? Because, yeah, sure, they could be, you know, fifth in the wild card standings, but would we think of them as a, as a playoff, like as a Super Bowl contender? We still no, wouldn't. Definitely not. They're still not there. They are still not talented. They're not two plays away from being a good offense, you know? Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, 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 so, and so, like, I, I feel like they are so far away from that. They need not just the coaching. They just need more talent. Yeah. The, the gulf between them and the Bills, watching it up close – because, yeah, there are other teams that are talented but not good enough. Like like the Raiders are, are a talented team, but they're not a good team. The Bills have more talent than you, and they just play better football. At no point did you think the Patriots had any shot of winning that game, even yeah, though the score wasn't a, wasn't a blowout. So, I don't know. To me, that kind of tells you, you you could be the seventh. You could miss the playoffs. You could be the seventh seed. You could have been the fifth or fourth seed or I don't know, what, whatever you could be. You still weren't going to win a Super Bowl this year. You're yeah. not close. No, you're definitely not. You could. The, the goal this year was to win a playoff game. 
And I think they're pretty far away from probably doing that either. <laughs> no. Just to argue the point, I know it was my point that I made, but to yeah. argue it well, is that. Well, by all means, then defend it then. <laughs> well, just the predictions yeah. were, everyone was saying, eight and eight or nine wins. So they're like, basically. Yeah, we're, they're going to be like right there. Yeah. yeah. So like the question is like, if you're better, it, like the situation would be worse if you just had a competent offense and you could have 11 wins or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, and no, totally, right? And, and I mean, that could have you. In, in a much better place, and, and we'd be feeling better about this team, like a, a, mil, a million percent. No, I totally agree with that point. I guess, like, I'm, I'm all, all up in my, cyni- my cynical feelings right now about this team because, like, I just feel like I've been, I've been watching them now for the past couple of years, and I felt like this was – last year was, was you know, kind of the, the, the first movie, and this was the sequel, and it just felt like they didn't really care about – re-upping the talent or changing anything it kind of felt like what we were talking about with the red Sox. Mm. oh last year was kind of like house money we made it with a rookie quarterback oh let's go run it back let's make you know let's get Devonte parker that that'll that'll be interesting and let's see where we go i don't think they really cared about competing for a super bowl this year either they didn't act like it if this movie is a sequel then it's up there with like Speed Two as the worst sequels of all times. Any, has anyone there, here seen Speed Two? I didn't even know there was a Speed Two. Okay, so Speed One, great movie. It's just called Speed. It's not called Speed One. Yeah, like speed, the first yeah. Speed uh, with Keanu Reeves yeah. is an awesome movie where they're on a bus and they can't go under a certain speed limit or else the bus blows up. Speed Two, no Keanu. It's Jason Patrick and they're on a they're on a boat, but it's like a big cruise ship and it can't even go that fast. It's the worst concept for a speed movie maybe of all time. It's it's it was I was so disappointed. I saw it in the theater because I love Speed One so much. This Patriots team is Speed Two. That's how bad they nice. are. Nice. And I don't say that lightly. I say that as someone who spent my own money that I probably earned on a paper route uh, to go see that movie and uh, was very very let down because that's how it used to be back in the day. You just get to watch and stream it on your couch. Yeah. And I had to save up and go to the theater and uh, make a whole big weekend out of it. And yeah, that movie like most, sucked. Yeah. Most of the time we don't even go to no theaters anymore. Like I I, I went to the I went to the theater to go see. Uh, Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. That's that's the last movie I've been to, and before that, I, I hadn't been to a movie theater in like six months or something like that. I can't even remember the last movie I saw I in the theater. Either. I never go. I mean, obviously, there's two years you couldn't, but like I don't. Before that, I barely went to the movies anyway. They all end up on Netflix anyway, so that's it's why true. it's just you wait. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, Netflix or what? Yeah, like whatever streaming service or like if it's an animated movie, I ain't gonna go see no animated <laughs> movie. Wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. Bunch of kids in the theater, all those germs. No thanks. Oh, uh, you no know what? Way. Germ factories, man. The one movie I really want to see, and I don't know where I can even find it, is the Weird Al movie starring uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter plays Weird Al, and I really want to see it, but I don't know. You mean what... Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, Daniel Rad, Harry Potter. What did I say? <laughs> He's uh, he stars as Weird Al Yankovic, who's like my personal hero. I've seen Weird Al in concert multiple Does times. He- Including once by myself, I went by myself to see Weird Al. I gotta How see. I gotta see what. I respect that. I respect going to a concert by yourself. Even if it's a Weird, Al, Weird Al, Al, I love that. That makes it even better. Yeah, no, no, I, no one I, would go with me. I, honestly, that that is even better. What What's better than going to a Weird Al? Like more on brand than going to a Weird Al concert by yourself? I didn't that even is, know he had that's concerts. Weird as hell. You didn't know Weird Al has concerts. Weird Al doesn't have concerts. He has experiences. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there, there, there you go. And if you haven't experienced Weird Al live, I just I feel bad for you. Um, anyway, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. We'll wrap it up next with Last Call right after this. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. At 4.30 in the morning, I'm milking cows. 
Jebediah feeds the chickens and, and Jacob, Jacob plows, fool. You know, Coolio got mad about this song. Yeah, and really. Yeah, yeah, he got he got mad about it. But then he was okay afterwards. Yeah, yeah, then he yeah. was just like, man, I was tripping. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't do be like that. It was all for fun. Um, I mean, listen, you get your song covered by Weird Al or parodied by Weird Al. I guess in the '90s, or was it the night? Yeah, it was the '90s when that song came out. When Dangerous Minds came out. And that was like a heavy song, you know what I mean? Like that was an important song, and it was, uh, it was a song that was like very sort of real and raw. But it was Coolio who had these fun songs, and then he had this very serious song. And now here's Weird Al making fun of it. So I understand why maybe he didn't like it, but uh, eventually, you know, he kind of got over himself and was like, "Yeah, it's Weird yeah. Al." Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he got to that point before he passed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that he kind of like made his peace with it and everything. Uh, man, shout out to Coolio, R.I.P. Man, best Weird Al song. Hmm. Canadian idiot. Canadian That's my idiot. <laughs> nice. It's a good one. I I like uh uh. It's a newer one. It was, it was like that like angry like it was like angry white boy polka the one where it's like the mashup of like all the yeah yeah yeah, yeah like Rage Against the Machine and <laughs> and like uh you know like his Limp polka Biscuit medleys are and, amazing and, yeah and it's like uh, yeah uh what you call it a uh, Papa Roach mm-hmm. all that yeah I think uh, it's Eat It for me Eat It or Fat. Both of them, uh, tremendous. Uh, that's really what sort of put them on the map there, I'd say. Put them on the map for me, anyway. Um, the great uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, yeah. This video, too. Tremendous. All those dance moves. By the way, when he does his show, he does, like, costume changes. He'll come out with, like, the fat suit on. Uh, he'll come out with um, the Star Wars. Remember the Yoda song? Came out dressed as Yoda. He does all this stuff. It's great. It You've really never is seen Weird Al live. You really need to see him. I saw, I think it was at the Wilbur, and he did two shows. I went to the late show by the, myself. The is Chame- he still doing shows? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, he's still touring, yeah. Nice. Uh, the Chameleon Air cover was pretty good, too. White and Nerdy, yes. great one, yes. He rapped pretty well on that song, too. That's not like an easy song yeah, to no, do. Yeah, he kept he kept pace. Kept the what flow about going. the Eminem cover where he talks about TV? I forget the name of that one. Eminem cover well, It's like the talks. Lose Yourself, Lose Yourself in the Music, and he covered that one, like, watching TV and all that. I don't know if I know that one. No, I haven't seen that. I'm a weird Al aficionado. I don't think I know that one, but I'll take your word for it. He has a really long song, too, called Albuquerque. It's like 13 minutes long. It's a funny song. And Trapped in the Drive-Thru. You ever heard that one? Oh, yes. Trapped yes. in the Drive-Thru. Yes. Is one of my favorite songs oh, ever. It's Trapped I'll, in the I'll, Closet, yep, but he's yep. in the Drive-Thru. Oh, my goodness. By the way, r- random story, but I, ha- <laughs> I had a family friend who actually did like a live like cover, like parody of that on uh, the Today Show back when- uh, Did Di- Trapped in the Drive-Thru? No, no, uh, uh, Trapped in the Closet. Oh, wow. Like, like uh, made, made fun of the R. Kelly version. You have when, a friend who did that on the Today Show? Yeah, yeah. When John Stewart <laughs> when John Stewart was doing the show, Chester Gregory is on Broadway. Wow. Um, he, he did a, he's just really, uh, you know, kind of well-traveled performer and stuff like that from Gary, Indiana. He's a friend of my mom's growing up and everything. Like, he's a really good dude. But, yeah, he, he did he did a really hilarious parody of Trapped in the Closet on, on a uh, Today Show. I was about to say SNL's Today Show. That's very cool. All right, let's uh, get to Last Call. It's a sad last call today. Um, for last call, I hate to even uh, I hate to even say this because this magazine and this brand meant a lot to me in my uh, in my formative years. The iconic and I do mean iconic sportswear company East Bay will cease operations. They uh, had the catalog, the East Bay catalog, which was a staple. And any kid who was into sports in the 90s and early 2000s, really up until recently, although I do think they kind of fell off recently, um, it was in everyone's home. Uh, all the shorts, all the jerseys, all the sh- everything, shoes, all of that. Um, they were with, uh, they were part of Foot Locker. I think they were a subsidiary of Foot Locker. And uh, their distribution centers all getting closed. All the employees are getting laid off. Uh, talk about the end of an era. 
a lot of options there. Sportswear, sneakers, all the things that are really like big money right now. You can get it all right there in that East Bay catalog. It was the first Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah. Yeah, and it got sent to your house. Were you an East Bay guy? Did you have the East Bay catalog? Uh, no, I didn't get the catalog, but I did have East Bay gear. So okay. I mean, like, I, I had like some East Bay shorts and sweats back in the day. I wore the heck out of them things. Like I wore them till they faded out. <laughs> yeah, uh, East Bay. That's where you could get like team stuff. You know, they had like team mm. dreads, all that stuff. It was all get. It would all get sent to you because you know there were a couple of stores that sold it. But it wasn't like every every single store's got jerseys and shirt and all that. Like yeah. East Bay, it was all it was all centralized. It was all brought. To, I feel I sound so old right now. I really do. Hey, they sent a magazine to your house. I was Yo, say, I've never heard of it. So. Yo, you remember that? You they damn kids. He's like, man, you remember when they used to send a, a ESPN the magazine and Sports Illustrated sure. to your house? Yeah. Love those subscriptions. Yes. I used Did to you get have the, I used the Columbia House? For kids, bro. Uh, 10 CDs for a penny deal. Remember that? Oh, see, I didn't do that, but my wife talked about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she used to load up on that. Oh, yeah. I had the CD thing going on deck. But then after that, they, like, jacked the price up. That's how they got you. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, just a life lesson that you learn at an early age. Same thing with East Bay. Anyway, rest in peace, East Bay. Uh, I'll never forget you and all the uh, great stuff that I never actually ordered from the magazine but loved flipping through. Uh, and there you go. That's all the time that we have here today. Kyrie Thompson, great job as always. Uh, great job in the back there, JT and Joe. We're back tomorrow. We will be talking with Tom E. Kern tomorrow. as uh, We'll see what other news comes out with the Patriots and the Dolphins and all the other quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> it's all uh, all been a, a pretty exciting couple chair. of days, certainly. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Enjoy. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Peace out.